Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And to tell you about this wonderful studio is my buddy, Joe Gangemi. What's up, Joe? Yo, Coop. Yeah, at Sweet Recording, we help brands and businesses to leverage the power of podcasting and YouTube to generate quality content and to expand their audience in a fun and unique way. We can help you to get started, and we do everything from planning through to publication. So, so if you want to learn more about that, um, you can contact us anytime at hello at sweetrecording.com or visit us on the web at sweetrecording.com. That's S-U-I-T-E. Take it away, Coop. So we have a great panel today. We have an all-female panel, and every time I have an all-female panel, I tell a story about my mom, because my mom is a very uh, important person to me. Of course, she's my mom. But my mom graduated University of Temple. Her, she was, came from immigrant and parents, and she lived in uh, Northeast Philly. She graduated University, Temple University in 1952 with her degree in marketing, and she was the only woman in her class. In fact, before she graduated, she interviewed with Campbell's Soup, and she had the job. But when she went to the interview, she did not wear her engagement ring to my father because back then they thought if you got a job and you were a woman you'd have kids right away but she didn't she waited like seven years so she's very important so i've always said women are very very important to me in the business community and they're not business women they're business people and and that's a stigma people have to get over it people go oh she's a good woman no no she's she's a good business person she's not a good business woman and we have three great ones today and my first guest from weikert realty it's liz arking how you doing liz I'm good. I'm great. Thank you for having me today, Steve. You're welcome. And from Kim Brayland, Kim Brayland Coaching. It's Kim Brayland. Yeah. How you doing, Kim? Hi, good. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And from Journey to Yourself, the person formerly known as Jessica Harrington. It's Jessica <laughs> Hallahan. How you doing, Jessica? Good. How are you? Good, good. So we'll start off. Liz, tell us a little about what you do. Okay, I'm with uh, Weikert Realtors, which is now Weikert Premier out of Haddonfield. Um, I work on the number one listing team in all of Weikert, South Jersey, the Deplacido Group. Uh, I work with buyers, I work with sellers, I handle the marketing and special events for our team. Um, and just really, you know, proud of what we've done. We're in the top 5% as a group for all realtors. Um, in South Jersey, and uh, just almost shy of 50 listings last year. That's awesome. Awesome. How about you, Kim? Tell us about Kim Braylon Coaching. Yes, I'd love to. So I am lucky enough to work with businesses and helping them with their growth and scaling goals. Um, so I help them make six and seven figure leaps. But most importantly, I do it without burnout, because we know that growing a business can be really, really tough. Um, and I think so many times it just, it's, it can be a lonely journey. So I like that I help with both the strategy, but also while keeping, you know, other aspects of their life front and center so that they can have, you know, better balance with both. Um, I'm a systems and operations girl. I love everything, like making everything well-oiled and run smoothly. Um, I was predominantly just working with, um, you know, one-to-one -one consulting, but last year I broke up, broke into the, um, group coaching sector and it's been really fun and really rewarding. Um, so now I work with founders at all different stages, um, you know, from, from just starting out to making, you know, their first hundred K their next hundred K all the way up to, um, seven figure business owners. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty rewarding to, um, just be able to help people take their vision and their passion and, 
um, create a ripple effect. I work with a lot of social impact entrepreneurs, just, I don't know, that's just kind of who comes my way. Um, so it's not just fun and, and challenging. I love that, that my clients are doing really great things in the world. Cool. That's awesome. How about you, Jess? Thanks, Joe. Uh, so my name is Jessica Harrington. My business is called Journey to Self, and I help you educate around stress management and burnout prevention. So I help you build healthy <laughs> habits. <laughs> I help you build healthy habits and positive relationships. Most of my focus is on communication and time management. And I do this through that one-on-one -on -one coaching work and through speaking engagements. That's awesome. Stress is so I, I take ashwagandha and it actually helps me. It actually I because mm -hmm. I'm a stress basket. I it's years <laughs> of living in LA, just I went crazy. So so we all have a story, and I want to start with you, uh, Liz. How did you get to where you are now? What 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 was your path? to becoming a realtor? Ooh, uh, okay. So I actually, uh, a fun fact, I, I'm born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky. Absolutely love it. Um, but I wanted to work in fashion. So I moved to New York. I worked for Ralph Lauren for many years. I did the branding and marketing for Ralph Lauren women's accessories and footwear. Um, and then I got married and I had kids and you do crazy things when you get married. And I found myself in South Jersey. I took a little retirement, uh, got divorced and thought, oh boy, am I going to work at QVC? Am I going to work at Urban Outfitters? I had already put all those years in in New York late nights. And here I was with a two and a five-year-old. So I use my branding and marketing. And if you're not going to brand and market fashion, then brand and market yourself. So got my real estate license. I moved to Haddonfield. Uh, I'm an all-in kind of girl. So I wanted to work in Haddonfield, sell in Haddonfield, and really started my whole life over. Um, and lucky enough, um, the number one listing agent walked outside his office and he said, oh, I'm dying for marketing. I really need somebody to help me. And I thought he was joking. I turned, I was like, are you mocking me? And it uh, turns out, I mean, he's, He's like family to me and we've been together uh, just under four years and grown the team, which is really nice. But uh, it was the silver lining of the worst time turning into a whole new chapter for me. That's awesome. How about you, Kim? Because I think you were in education first, right? I was, I've had a, a winding journey. <laughs> um, I actually, I started out, um, I worked for Princeton University and I ran their reunion, which is an event that brings 20,000 people to campus every year. And it was amazing, best job ever. But I had this crazy idea that I couldn't be a mom and do this, you know, kind of stressful job. It was fun, but it could be, you know, high stress, long hours. Um, hindsight's 2020, I could have done it, but I think everything happens for a reason. And so mm -hmm. I went back to be a teacher and I very quickly realized that was not for me as much as I loved my, my students. I loved them to pieces, but just, you know, just purpose-wise, it didn't feel right. Um, and in 2017, my, my middle child was diagnosed with severe dyslexia. And I think to myself, thank goodness I was a teacher because it, mm -hmm. it really helped me realize that, um, you know, he had these special needs that the teachers were kind of like brushing under the carpet. Um, and it was extra challenging because he went, he was a student where I taught. And so I found myself in 2018, um, pregnant with my rainbow baby, struggling to support my son and, um, really advocate, but I was wearing like employee hat and, mm -hmm. you know, 
um, mom hat. And so I ended up quitting in 2018 and it was so scary because um, I wasn't sure what my next step would be. And as luck would have it, I had a high school friend that had a startup and it was a tech startup. It was a SaaS company. And she's like, I love that you have a marketing background and a teaching background. We need you. And she asked me to consult for her. And what I thought was going to be this like little part-time thing, it just blew up into the most amazing experience ever. I learned like all things, launching, running, growing, um, all the things involved in startup. And from there, it just kind of word got out that because what I was hired to do, I ended up doing like a lot more. Like I read, like I repackaged their offer. I redesigned their website. I redid their, their market, uh, product market fit. I mean, I, I won't bore you with the details, but, um, it ended up kind of word got out and, um, people started asking me to help them do that. And before I knew it, I formed my own business. Um, it wasn't really intentional. Um, and so I did that from like end of 2018, beginning of 2019 up until today. And, and I love it. I love what I'm doing. And like I said, it was a weird path to get here. It was untraditional, but um, I think it's right where I'm supposed to be. And I just love what I'm doing. That's awesome. How about you, yeah. Jess? Yeah, of course. So obviously my business is called Journey to Yourself. Just so to your point that we all have our own journey. So my super nutshell journey is I started my career in education, the drug and alcohol field. So I was working with men reducing their sentence from jail, coming into their rehab. What I saw there was there was no prevention education surrounding stress management. A lot of their issues and their struggles surrounded just normal stuff, you know, finances, relationship, communication, you know? And so I saw that my coworkers were kind of struggling with the same thing, but they got to go home and have a drink somewhere. Right. So we were struggling with very similar things, but there wasn't a solution. So I decided to go back to school, get my master's in public health. And that's actually where I learned how to, um, start your own business that you can create these own programs. And that's all it is. You just could create your own program. People come. It's that simple, right, Kim? Um, <laughs> but um, what I end up really doing was end up burning my own self out to the point when I was hospitalized. And I, and that's when I was like, oh, it's not just, you know, take care of yourself, exercise, eat healthy. There's so many more things in this. So to the point of having your own journey to yourself is that's what it was. I started to realize that, you know, stress, you know, we all deal with it differently. So that's where I was like, now what? <laughs> now what do we do? So that's where the super nutshell story. Drug and alcohol rehab, had was hospitalized and started a business. <laughs> well, there you go. And you're all you're all in business for yourself pretty much. I mean, and so I want to know, because there's tons of business people out here. Anywhere you go, I mean, you know, business coaches, there's tons of them. I mean, sometimes I think there's more business coaches than people who need business coaches. I mean, it's just yeah. true. And realtors, you know, they're, they're out there. So <laughs> why, and they're, they're, you know, especially now they're falling off, like the the wannabe realtors are disappearing because it was a matter of like, mm -hmm. everyone said, we can do it when the market's busy, but mm -hmm. like people mm -hmm. like you, Liz, you've been in it, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. this isn't, this isn't what it is. This isn't the market always. But because you guys are all selling yourself, if I'm a client of a, or a prospective client, why is a prospective client going to choose you? What is the characteristics that makes you want to have them work with you? And we'll start with you, Kim. Why, if I'm looking for a business coach, why am I choosing you? Well, I think it's, I think for any, not just myself, but for any of us, I think it's important to 
see that like that what you're looking to achieve aligns with what they specialize in. And then the mm -hmm. second part is a personality fit. I think mm -hmm. that um, realistically, all of us, the good news, this is the good news I tell all my clients, the market share we all need to achieve our revenue goals is so insignificant if you really think about it. I mean, it's it, it compared to like big Fortune 500 companies. Um, and so what's important is getting, is not overcomplicating things, being really simplified in finding the exact pain point solution or however, you know, what, it, you know, it's sometimes it's a desire. Like I say to Dan Ninnerall, it's not, he doesn't have a, a pain point or a solution, but he brings joy and entertainment and wonderful, you know, experiences. So when you, when you're a business, you have to make sure that you're articulating clearly, um, making the intangible tangible so that people really understand the value they get with you and they see like you get them from point A to point B. And then the other part is why personal branding is so important right now is because that's really ultimately what's going to connect somebody to you. It's going mm -hmm. to expedite the, the sales cycle when they feel that they can really connect with you um, based on just, and not that you have to air everything about yourself. That's not what personal branding is, but I mean, it's a way to connect with the right people. Um, so it's mm -hmm. like a two prong. It's, it's really articulating the value um, and having a clear, unique, you know, point A to point B solution and, um, and then putting your personal flair on it. And I think that's where the magic um, happens. And I think that it takes time. It takes time doing all the right things and having patience and seeing the momentum um, and just quality relationships. And that is really why many people, um, you know, find success. Okay. Now, how about you, Jess? Why, why am I going to come to you? Uh, the qualities that I usually, in my brand that I'm trying to highlight, I think are high energy um, and patience. Um, and my other one I say is actionable steps. I think a lot of times we are all on this mission to get things done, but we just don't always see the small steps that you have to take to get there. So I'm really good at finding those baby steps to help you create that habit around what action you want to take. Okay. And Liz, what, what am, if I, if I need a house, why am I coming to Liz Arking? Well, first and foremost, I'll say that almost probably 80% of my business is referral based. Um, I, I'm a hugger. I want all the feel goods. But we also have the numbers that stand behind it. You know, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, being a realtor is not a nine to five. I would say that I'm always readily available at, with a corporate background. I'm professional. I want to work with other agents because at some point we're all going to do a deal together. So I'm also client facing, but also agent facing. Like we both have the same goal. I also think you can't rush a client through a transaction, right? And that's why they refer you because when they're coming and a lot of times they're coming from out of state or out of town and they're looking to you for guidance. So I, I care to probably a degree that is overwhelming at times, but at the same time, I want what's best for them. Um, and I think the joke around the office is like, are you friends with all your clients? I was like, no, but I became friends. Um, and then hopefully, you know, they'll spread the word about me. But I really, you know, at this point in my life, juggling work, kids, a career, school, 
I want to work with good people. So I think the connection is definitely key. And that really starts the ball rolling to good people, no good people. Mm -hmm. And it usually ends up being a, a pretty exciting day on closing day. Okay, great. Now, I'm not someone who sets goals. I'll be honest. My whole life, I've always fallen into whatever's happened to me. And it's, I've been lucky. I, 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 you know, I met tons of celebrities. I've, I've been lucky. But I've never, I'm not a goal setter. And I know some people are goal setters. I can tell you all are goal setters. I can just tell <laughs> from your personality, your answers. So, Jess, what, what is a goal that you have set for yourself for 2024? Ooh, uh, I'll be honest. I feel I'm trying to really hone in on that, that self-love piece in the sense of putting myself first or doing a lot of me things. Um, so what is that? You know, it's, it's a lot of things that I speak on is a lot of things I tell my clients to do. And so I'm trying to find that next level of just doing Jess. So for example, my birthday's in two weeks and I have, I'm in the process of trying to plan just, just me. Like what does Jess want to do? What does that look like? And just doing me all day. Okay. Now how about, how about you, Kim? What, what is, uh, what is one of your goals for uh, 2024? Um, so last year was kind of a, a, it was a wonderful year, but it was a growth year. It was like intense, you know? So this year I want to be more focused on um, really making sure I'm taking care of myself so that I don't burn out. So um, instead of a word this year, I went with a phrase called rituals for wealth that has nothing to do with money. It has to do with like time with our favorite people, getting adequate sleep, movement, water, um, putting experiences on the calendar, even if it's just something simple, like going for a hike locally or, or something like that. Um, but that's a big goal for me. In fact, I read it in my planner, like every single morning to remind myself, because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to get, you know, you're a working mom, you're trying to be there for a lot of people, you're a daughter, you're a friend. And so I think it's easy to get off track. Um, and that's how you, you don't even realize. And I mean, Jess can obviously speak to this way more than me, but, um, but that's, um, why I feel like, um, you know, just really making sure I'm taking care of myself is the best way to be there for everybody else, but more importantly, the goals that I have for for myself and my business. So. Okay, how about you, Liz? What's what are your what are your twenty twenty four goals? What's one? What's the big goal? So, being most of my business comes from referrals, um, a big push for me for twenty twenty four are networking and special events. Um, so, my team lead, Michael, he cold calls. I would rather sing in an auditorium and I'm not a good singer. I'd actually <laughs> never like to sing, but cold calling was frightening to me. So he started to hone in on like, what are you good at? You have a likability. You need to do more networking, market yourself. Um, I think that was a tremendous turnaround for me last year. So the ramp up now is this year to keep the momentum going on a personal level, a goal is really in the time that I have with my kids, be present. Okay, that's always good. Yeah, it's good. That's good. So we all face challenges every day. It could be anything, you know, it could be just, I mean, something basic, you know, like I'll look at the computer, I'll get pissed off and I'll start cursing at it. My wife's like, would you calm down? You know, you're, you're I should go see Jess because I'm stressing out over a damn computer. But what's a challenge that, that you face a lot? Uh, we'll start with you, Kim. What's what's a daily challenge that you face that, that, that you've overcome, actually, and you're very happy about it? Yeah, I think um, for a long time, I struggled with like feeling 
like I was doing a good job. I felt like, am I, am I a good mom? Am I a good wife? Am I a good business person? Am I, and I really like in the beginning kind of beat myself up a lot because, um, to Liz's point, it's like my, my job, I, I, I try to keep it nine to five Monday through Friday, but like, let's be real. I mean, it's hard when you're a working parent. And so, um, and just the nature of what we do sometimes. And so, um, you know, I would be, I would be really hard on myself and feeling, um, like I was failing or dropping a ball and mm -hmm. I had to really examine where that was coming from. And then also stop trying to do so much in a day. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, that's like my number one rule now. It's like, I have one thing for business and one thing for personal, and those things have to get accomplished and anything else is like the cherry on top. Okay. How about you, Liz? What's, what's a challenge you, you face and that you've overcome actually? Ooh, time management. Um, I, I could have probably used both of your services at some point last year as, I, as my business really started to take off. Um, I found myself with shingles and I am way too young to have shingles. So you cannot be everybody to everyone. And I think something I tell myself probably every morning is like, you don't have to be hard on yourself because somebody else already was. So oh. In the time that I have, I really try to, if I'm at work, I need to be at work. If I'm with my kids, I need to be with my kids because what happened was it wound up being a lot of scramble time. And, you know, I constantly felt like I was a ping pong ball about troubleshooting problems or breaking up tantrums. So time management has been a huge obstacle for me to overcome and something I actually thought I was good at. It turned out really needing to time manage but be present in the time in each place okay how about you jess awesome um um so i'm like so like in listening um so i think for me i you know just being real you know this is about to be my fourth year in business and so i think in the beginning i just even calling my business a business was a lot for me in the sense of realizing that i was growing something and having that different kind of higher level confidence in what I was doing. You know, there's a difference of, oh, I'm good at the action steps. I'm good at listening. I'm doing good at being, you know, the speaking and things like that, but actually calling yourself a business and making those kind of actions. I think that was something I really had to learn in the beginning and um, take, a, take awareness of. Okay. Well, earlier I mentioned my mom and, you know, one of the things my mom um, instilled in me was always ask, you know, the worst you can do is get a no. And I had to overcome that, especially with my other podcast. You know, I asked for Steven Van Zandt. I'm a big Springsteen fan. And he said yes. And I was like, wow, all I had to do was ask. <laughs> I mean, it's easy as that. And so my mom's been important to me. And I've, I've had a lot of people who have been very important to me in my life. My father, you know, just other comedians, just business people. But who is someone, we'll start with you, Jess, who is someone who has really played an important role in your life as to the person you've become now? Well, I would say my grandma for sure. And probably my best friend that I've known since like third grade. Um, but definitely my grandma, she is, I mean, she's just the biggest cheerleader and she has gone through a lot in life and she's just been that person to say, keep going, you got this, don't give up, you know, just all the things, you know, any way she could cheer me on and support me. She's definitely been that person, but she's also taught me a lot of the habits that I kind of preach today you know, just making that time for yourself. What does that look like? What does those high standards that are not actually high actually look like and how do you implement them? So I definitely think between my grandma, who's obviously been there since day one and then one of my best friends for sure. Okay, how about you, Liz? 
who my dad, um, who gave me uh, such a hard work ethic. I used to answer phones at his office for $2 an hour if I wanted to earn something, but it did give me a really hard work ethic. And as I went through Manhattan in my young 20s, like working two jobs because I wanted him to be proud and you know, not have to ask for things. Um, I think I, a huge mentor for me would be my team lead, Michael, uh, who honestly saw something in me as I was coming out of like a pretty brutal time in my life. And he didn't say like, I cold call, you'll cold call, this is what works. He said, you know, hold on a second. You're, you wanna move to Haddonfield. You want to make this a part of your daily life what are we going to start doing to make that happen? And he really pushed me in an encouraging kind of way, but knew that it was, we're complete opposites. Okay. How about you, Kim? Um, I would have to say my husband. Um, we've, we've been together longer than we were, you know, than not knowing each other. We got to, I was 18 when we um, first started dating. I won't tell you how long it's been because then I have to tell my age. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, my parents are wonderful people. I respect them. I love them. Um, but I would definitely say my first 18 years had a lot of trauma, um, you know, related to different things. And my, my husband just showed me a calmer, healthier way to live. And, um, and he was, he ha is, has been, is always the, the biggest cheerleader and support system. And, it's, it's kind of, I, there are times where I still feel like, oh, do I deserve this? Which is so crazy, <laughs> but because we all deserve to be loved and taken care of. But, um, you know, it's, it's just, such, it's the most healthy and, in, and supportive relationship I've ever had. Um, and it's, you know, I just would be lost without him. Okay. Well, we're going to stay with you on this, uh, Kim. What motivates you? Um, oh, a lot of things. Um, I think, you know, I just, the life that I, that I grew up living, um, was so difficult at times that I think that is why I'm, I'm really relate to the social impact entrepreneurs that I work with and why they're trying to do, um, so much good in the world. Um, but I've also come to learn that like a lot of the trauma that I lived through, it created the why for me. So, so the reason I mean, I could have stayed doing one-to-one -one consulting, making a healthy living and doing all those things. But the reason last year I decided to go to group now and to scale my own business is because one day I want to create a nonprofit for kids with dyslexia and learn, you know, language-based learning differences, because what we went through with my son was traumatizing and we had the money to hire the lawyer and to put him in special school. Um, oh, most people don't. And so you know, my greatest why is not just to help people make an impact in the world, but is to actually make an impact in the world. So I'm motivated to answer your question. I guess I'm motivated to do better than what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And then also to just really help people in this world. Cause there's so many people that, that just don't have the means and they, they just desperately need the help. Okay. Hey Liz, what motivates, what, what motivates you? Oh, uh, I think I'm going to give an answer that that everybody will give, which would say they're kids. But I think I really want to make the people that believed in me and supported me very proud. Um, I have that need to to please and and make them feel like their hard work and efforts were worthwhile. Um, what 
on a surface level really motivates me is I love to travel. So if I can afford to travel with my kids, all the better. I think uh, last year I took them to see my best friend in California in Disneyland. And that was a very feel good moment. And they were thrilled to come home and tell all their friends where we'd been. And that for me felt very fulfilling. Disneyland, you know, it's when I lived in LA, people would always, I, don't this. I hate rides. I hate roller coasters. I hate all that crap. One I hate time. It. One and I'm time. like, I'm like, I, I, people go, oh, we got to go see. I'm like, I don't want to go to see Disneyland. It's in Anaheim. I live in Burbank. It's 24 miles. It's going to take five hours <laughs> and you wait in line. And I, but I swear, everyone wants to go to Disneyland. And I'm like, screw it. I, I, I've been there like once. I'm like, I'm not going. So I, I wasn't going to be outnumbered. My best <laughs> friend went. She was a total gem about it. And uh, a lot of talking me off the ledge that morning of like, why did I agree to this? <laughs> so Jess, Jess, what motivates you, Jess? Um, um, sorry. Um, all right. So my, my motivation, you know, it's very similar to a lot of what you ladies are saying, but the first word that came to my mind was myself, um, you know, very similar to what Kim was saying, you know, obviously I started my career in education in the drug and alcohol field because of my upbringing. Right. So you know, we all have our, our past, we all have our stories, we have our scars. And so what I've learned is if I'm not going to get up, if I'm not going to move the needle, if I'm not going to go to these clients calls, then who is? And so even with that, pulling back some layers is that's what I kind of learned just growing up that I had to keep standing up for myself. I had to be the one to speak up. I had to make the changes. And so I took that mindset with me as I grew, but also kind of to what Liz was saying, there are certain people that knew what was going on at home that they might not have said anything, but they made a lot of gestures to support me. And it's those people that are still my cheerleaders today that I love calling them. And when I said I got a big deal or when something new happens mm -hmm. and how proud they are, right? So there's there's certain motivations um, that I would say the biggest one is definitely myself. And then just the people that I've surrounded myself with that what, what, I've done so much work and they wanna be there for me to see me succeed. Too many people are rooting for me for me to fail. Okay. Now you found out what motivates you and you are successful when we look at you, but to you, and we'll start with you, Liz, what is your definition of success? Because it success changes through your life. As I said, you know, when I was young, I wanted to be a star. Now I wouldn't want that. Cause I, I have, I know friends that their life, they, they can't live a life and it sucks. And I don't want that. And I'm older and I'm wiser. I just want to be a grumpy old man that hangs out with my lovely wife and that makes me happy. But for you, Liz, what is success to you? Um, I definitely want to be respected in my line of business. I want to be looked to as an advocate for, you know, other new agents that started out as a resource and somewhere that I can help with them. I feel very strongly about women supporting women. Um, and also, you know, I want to be a good mom. I want to raise two good men that somebody turns around one day and says, you know what? Thank you. Like he opened the door for me, not because he was told to, but because he knows. Um, so I do think, you know, those manners and, and raising good children and good, good people, uh, that's as equally important to me as being, uh, being a good business person. <laughs> it's funny the the door thing. I'm it's my father always said you always hold your door, get the door for your date. And to this day, and I'm I'm, I'm a little dick when it comes to this. I hold the door, <laughs> and if someone doesn't say thank you, I'm always like you're welcome, you're welcome. I'm like so yeah. spiteful. I have so much spite in me. It's awful. It's crazy. So Jess, what is success to you? Success to me 
sense to me. I think there's a couple layers, right? There's obviously the finance piece of paying your bills, saving money, all that kind of stuff, right? There's that success. But I think there's a different kind of success for me where when I see my clients get to this next level, when I see my employees reach a certain goal of their own, right? So I think there's different le levels of success that I kind of look for on, you know, that I kind of do those check-ins for. Um, and I think my personal level of success would be when I take the time to acknowledge um, my proudness or you know, the little steps in my way, right? So when I get that one client that I've been wanting, you know, and they say, Hey, we signed the deal. And you're like, Oh my God, great. Am I actually absorbing that? Or have I go, okay, so next on the to-do list is right. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, making time, making time for to see my own accomplishments, but also, you know, where being aware of the ones around me as well. How about you, Kim? What's success? Um, well, first I have to say, my mother always told me to yell at people who don't like say thank you for <laughs> I like I gotta laugh so hard at that one because like it was such a thing with us the minute that somebody didn't say hello you're welcome <laughs> like it was I love that but anyway um I don't know that I have I don't have one definition there's not one thing um there's a lot of things that to me it's more about um I guess satisfaction like knowing I'm I'm happy most of the time doing you know we're not gonna have happy days every day but like I love what I'm doing. I have a wonderful husband, children, um, to Liz's point, like knowing that I raise children that do good in this world, that are respectful of other people who want to come back and spend time with me, who want mm -hmm. to like be with me, um, as you know, as, as they get older and, and, you know, travel, like Liz said, I mean, there's just so many things that to me that create the success definition, um, you know, it's, it's, it's making an impact in others' lives and, and knowing that you help them in some way. Um, and then the quality relationships, um, that maybe I didn't always have the first 18 years of my life and, you know, having more of them for the rest of my life. Okay. So, so in, the, in the beginning of this, I was once again, I brought up my mom and then I said, how I consider you all business people. Okay. I don't mm -hmm. use the word businesswoman. I felt awful. I did a show. I was hosting a Valentine's show at the Comedy Works in Bristol last Saturday. And I said, this next female act, and I, I never say that because I think, you know, I, I, and I apologize after the show. I didn't even notice, but for me, I don't like to do that. That being said, though, there's a lot of men that don't think like me. Okay. I, I fall into the demographic as the uh, creepy old guy, but I have a lovely wife. So everyone knows I'm, I'm, I'm not a creep. But do you still think it's somewhat a man's world in business? And and what can you do to change that? Because you know, I, I go to I go to events and I've heard some people guy go see like a a female walk by and I go, oh, she's hot. I'm like, dude, like that's so inappropriate. It's like it's a, you're not here to get pick up. You know, you're not here to get in the picture with a girl who's like the age of your daughter, you know, you look like a creep, but do you still think it's a man's world in somewhat a man's world? And, and what can, what can women do to combat that? Um, and we'll start with you, Jess. Okay. Um, so, you know, at first I'm like, no, like there's some, I go out networking and there's so many great people, but as soon as you start telling, talking more, I started thinking about some stories about when I do go networking and there's definitely, there's definitely some, um, ungentleman like men out there or maybe air quotes some boys um, <laughs> out there. But you know what? The, I think we can go down the the town of like the woes of there's all these, there's there's not all, there's a good chunk of still men that have to grow up. But I will say um, that I have been lucky enough and I've been able to surround myself with some really 
men that are supportive and that are not creepy and they want, you know, they make sure if there is a creep that they're blocking. And, you know, I feel like I've created some relationships where that, that has not really happened, but it's definitely still a thing. And I think the biggest thing that comes to my mind when I think about this men's world is more of a safety thing. So making sure that you do have, you know, the right relationships with, you know, again, you're talking about networking earlier, Liz, and Maybe you're traveling in the city by yourself. What does that look like? How are you protecting yourself? Um, you know, like for me, when I go speak in the city, I'm bringing sneakers and I'm packing heels with me, right? So <laughs> it's like just those simple things that I'm doing. Because, you know, I, every time I go to a, a distance, I share my location with my husband. I'm like, okay, this is where I'm going, mainly because I get lost very easily. Um, <laughs> I have not left my neighborhood that I grew up in. And I still get lost. So that's a different, that's a different podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I think it's just be, being aware, of, you know, what you need support on. Like I said, me directions. I have to know where parking is. I can't, I'm not that person that can just go, oh, there's a parking garage. I'm going to go right there. Right. So I think, you know, being aware of what you need support on. And again, mm -hmm. When you're going to these networking events, who's your buddy? Who's your buddy system and things like that? Mm -hmm. Okay. How about you, Liz? Yeah. Well, Safety is a big thing. I mean, not, not to sidebar too much, but as a female realtor, that's a big thing, right? You're often going into showings, you're working listing appointments, you don't know people. That goes back to like, you really need to have a connection with somebody. Uh, we do a lot of print media and marketing. I have been asked to come to listing appointments by myself. At that point, Michael and I are a team. You might not be the right fit for us. I have lost those kinds of financial opportunities, but at the end of the day, I don't wanna be picked on appearance and degraded from then on. Um, so sometimes you have to politely pass in things. Um, I run a networking event, so I cannot say that I have encountered too much at networking events, but I think it's because I'm often hosting. Uh, people are extremely respectful and polite. Um, I think, yeah, I think mostly when you're dealing with maybe someone you haven't encountered before, I've definitely had somebody say like, oh, are you his assistant? And sometimes I'll just smirk and say, Banna White made a great living. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about, how about you, Kim? Um, I can't say that I personally have experienced it. Um, I know it exists just through stories I hear from others, but um, I think it's definitely encouragingly on the decline. I think that there are people whose platforms are specific to speaking to this reality and, and speaking to um, having, you know, women in all rooms and, and breaking those glass ceilings and all that. In fact, I wish I could remember who posted it, but somebody on LinkedIn did a graphic that said something like female CEO, or I think it said female CEO, and they crossed out female and just said CEO. And I think mm -hmm. that's a, that's like a powerful visual and um, word like, you know, the language of it is so important because I think um, that's, what's going to change it is to your point, Steve, like people, we're all people. And so we're, we're talking about positions or, or, you know, roles or whatever. And it's like just really um, elevating anyone that is doing the work of creating that um, social norm and also the, the equal respect, you know, gender respect. Okay. So now Liz, you talked about your networking group and I also do a networking group. And I think the thing is your group's good because my group, if I don't like someone, 
They know it. If someone's a, I, I have one person who dropped an anti-Semitic comment to me at an event, to me and a friend of mine who's a mayor of Berlin, bro, and I said, this guy will never, like someone said, you should have this person. In your, I said, no. And I didn't give the reason because I don't, I'm not going to ruin someone's career because that's not my right. doing. They'll undo themselves. But I love networking. And I'm like you, Liz. I, I hate cold calling. I don't, I don't, I mean, I can perform. I can perform in front of a thousand people, <laughs> but get me on the phone. Someone wanted me to call him the other day. And I was like, why? Can I just like do it by email or, you know, and, I, and I'll, I'll Zoom, but I, I hate the phone. But I'm that a good networker. Me. That was me, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. No, I, yeah, you did tell me to call you. And I was like, why am I calling her? Um, but, <laughs> you know, it was another person. But I just forgot about that because I was like, I got to call Liz. I'm like, it's, it's a show. It's self-explanatory. Watch the show. Just come on. <laughs> but let's talk about networking. And you're all good networkers. And uh, what makes you a good networker? And, and, and what's something? It's a good two-fold question. What makes you a good networker? And what do you hate? When someone's net, what do you hate about other networkers? Like I get annoyed with the card pushers, you know, they're giving you the card, the card, the card, but uh, Kim, what makes you a good networker? And then what's something you don't like about networking? Sure. Um, I like to think that I'm a good listener and that I genuinely give people like my attention when, when we're speaking. Um, and if it seems like a, a, you know, a good connection in some way for, you know, one or more reasons, I always ask for their number and I actually follow up. I don't just like put the card away or, you know, like bury it, but like, I actually try to follow. Cause I find these big, you know, bigger networking events, it's hard to get a better feel or better conversation. So it's always great to follow up uh, via like a zoom or even better if they're local to you and you can meet them for coffee. Um, that's, you know, preferable. Um, so I think that's what, um, or at least I'm told that's usually like what people remember is like, Oh, you know, that you listened. Um, the thing that frustrates me the most about networking is there's always the person that talks, 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 talks. And then they are like, okay, tell me about you. And before you can even finish a sentence, they're mm -hmm. like looking away and they're like, you know, their eyes are diverting or whatever. And so that's, I find that really frustrating, whether it's on zoom or an in-person networking event. I think that, um, that some of the most successful people are because they're genuinely good listeners that like are are active listening and then they ask questions back to deepen the relationship. And I think that um, I read a book, probably all of us have read this book um, years ago, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. But that book is, I mean, gold for, for really deepening your connections and creating good relationships. Okay, how about you, Liz? What makes you a good networker and what, what don't you like about networking? Okay, so I... Um, and one of the curators and collaborators of the Haddonfield Bash. Uh, it was Michael's brainchild for me to use my skill set. So he said, you know, we're going to start a networking group in Haddonfield. And I said, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> no, not today. But it actually wound up being amazing. And we've been doing it for over a year now, uh, just over about a year and a half. So Haddonfield Bash is Business Associates Social Hour. So I found that kind of broke the ice for me when I started going into rooms and all of a sudden I felt more, uh, not only in control, but confident. Um, and as the years went, I had more to talk about real estate wise. Um, I'm also a member of Jersey Man, which I can't say enough nice things about. And for the first six months I hid behind my friend like a shadow. I mean, I was terrified. I mean, what would I have to talk about? 
what would I ask people about? And so it, it does catch people off guard when I'll say I am a little social, socially anxious. Um, but then once the ball gets rolling, um, I, I make through and, and have persevered. It, it, to throw yourself out there is probably the best thing that could have happened because I could have quietly stayed behind my friend and just talked to the people that I knew. And that's, that's not what you're there for. Okay. How about you, Jess? Yeah, of course. Um, so what I think I'm good at, I think you kind of talked about it earlier, just like asking questions. Um, one of my statements is just be curious. So I love learning about other people's businesses. I think it's so cool to see what people were doing. Um, there's just so many different, you know, businesses out there. So it's just really cool to hear people's stories, everything in between. So I'll say that's something I like doing. I think I kind of want to piggyback a little bit on maybe Kim's, I hate, I'm going to air quote hate. Um, <laughs> um, and be like, I think for me, the thing that comes to my mind is that time management, like respecting someone's time. So, you know, if we're having a, you know, back and forth conversation, you know, make sure it's beneficial to a little bit of everybody that's in that circle. I think sometimes when we go to these networking events, there's someone that might not be able to speak up much. Maybe it's kind of to your point, Liz, where maybe they're a little socially anxious about stuff. And so are we making sure that everybody in the group is kind of getting their voice out there in some way or capacity? Mm -hmm. And I think this really goes to whether it's in person or even on Zoom. I think sometimes we get a little laxed on Zoom and kind of go, oh, well, we can stay here for an hour. I'm like, no, no, we have a 30 minute time slot. So yeah, <laughs> so I think there's. Yeah, go, girlfriend, go. Oh, no, I don't want to interrupt you. I was just before we go to the next question. Go ahead. Okay. I mean, oh, well, anyway, time management, respecting our time. And I think, you know, asking questions. Go, girlfriend, go. I think a big thing to touch on as well is it feels very rewarding to connect people. So a Haddonfield Bash was started. So, you know, you have a client who's moved here from Philly. Where do they get their haircut? Where do they shop? Where do they get flowers? Mm -hmm. It was really started to connect the community because coming off the heels of COVID, you know, we didn't know where to go. And so I'm like sitting in Pilates class and she's like, I have a flood in my basement. I like literally like sat up. I'm like, here's who you need to call. I'm like, they're, they're right across the street. And now, you know, she's, she's a whole new kitchen. So I love the idea of connecting that feels really just rewarding for me at the end of the day in all of the networking to be done. Yeah, it's good. It's funny you mentioned Zoom. What cracks me up about Zoom is how long have we been Zooming? For like two and a half years? And there's still that idiot who can't figure out the mute button. I don't understand. <laughs> like, they sit there and you're like, dude, push the mute. Because I run a, a group called uh, Coffee with Cooper. And they're like, they just look at you and it's like, it's been like two and a half years. It says <laughs> mute. There's, anyway, my next thing, this is, gets me ramped up because I bitch. This is my bitch session. Um, I bitch about LinkedIn. Now, I love LinkedIn. In fact, I've got all you all. Liz, I knew you. I, I met Jess once. But I got all of you through LinkedIn by sending you a message. And I know sometimes people get pounded by messages. And you all answered. And I was happy about that. But when I love LinkedIn, there's a lot of stuff that bothers me about LinkedIn. And what bothers <laughs> me this week is people and i don't know is pomposity a word if you're very pompous is pomposity a word if not i'm, I'm making it up pomposity it's <laughs> a new word people who are so damn pompous that they tell you what is wrong with your business and how they're going to help you and you're like you know you don't know me and that's something i think just the the arrogance there's a certain arrogance about some people on linkedin and it pisses me off because i feel you know everyone wants to treat each other different i don't know people i don't know who you know so don't be arrogant but what's something that pisses you off about linkedin and, and we'll start with you 
Kim, because uh, you're looking there. You, either you're, either I live you're on eager, LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, you're on LinkedIn a lot, but but you have good, you have quality posts, and they oh, pertain to you. what you do. All of you have posts that pertain to what you do, and you're not yeah. arrogant because if you would, you wouldn't be on this show. So if you ever see someone not on this show, and if you go, have you had this person on your show? And I go, no, and I don't answer why. That means they're arrogant. But uh, Kim, so what is yeah. something that pisses you off about LinkedIn? Um, similar to what you just said, I, I can't stand the, um, the unethical marketing that I see a lot of times, um, especially as they get bigger and bigger, bigger, um, you'll see two very starkly different accounts. Like I call them like business influencers because they get so big, their numbers are so big and their engagement is so high that they're like quasi, yes, they have a business, but they're also like an influencer in their space. And there's two types. There's the one, Steve, that you just said, you know, the type that's just very arrogant. And the good news is that that I'm seeing more and more because I'm always doing market research. That's a type of marketing that is not resonating with people. And they're going to start to learn that they can't talk like that very much longer if they want to keep their pipeline, you know, full. Um, I think that that, you know, then there's the other people that are just inspiring and educating and they understand their people. And so, so to speak to that, what, what drives me crazy, um, I, I can't say a lot because I'm, I'm sort of, I get on that platform and I execute a strategy and I get off. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time overthinking, um, you know, what others are doing. In fact, that's what I tell my clients all the time, like get on, execute the strategy, block out the noise, connect with your people. Um, and so, so if I had to say something, I think it's any type of attacking, like to your point, Steve, mm -hmm. like not just, you know, attacking marketing, but like attacking anyone or just because there is a thing with marketing, you're supposed to be polarizing. And I think sometimes people don't understand mm -hmm. that you don't have to attack to be polarizing because polarizing content attracts the right people and it, it repels the wrong people, which is a good strategy. But um, I, I just think that mm -hmm. People need to keep it professional. You need to just mm -hmm. provide the value based on, you know, stay in your lane, like what you do and who you help. And, you know, just, just keep it respectful. That's okay. yeah. That's all. okay. How about you, Liz? Uh, I do not like the, the sliding into my DM about something that isn't even real. You know, it's funny because Steve, I know you through networking. So I was ecstatic when I saw a message from you. But to the guy a week before that who asked me to meet up to talk about a podcast but couldn't show me a podcast that he'd done, that's not okay. I also don't uh, have a love for the people that are like, oh, mortgage rates are going up. Your business must be in the shitter. You're like, well, my last two luxury deals were cash, but thank you. I hope you have a nice day. I'm so sorry if that's what you're going through. I don't know the need for it. And so I almost feel like it is just people trying to like bring everybody else down. But at the end of the day, and I've had to say to people before, especially sometimes not so much on LinkedIn, but you meet someone at an open house and then you see very clearly they're not interested in working with you to find a house. And you'll say, you know what? I work really hard. I'm a single parent and I don't have time for much else. Thanks for your time. Okay. Um, but I, I have to navigate a little of that, which is uncomfortable. I I only just learned like a couple of months ago that apparently people are using LinkedIn as a dating site. And that blew my mind. 
That blew my mind. <laughs> that's why all those guys. Right. That's why those guys always have their shirts off. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> if they have their shirt off, if they're if they're flabby, I'm like, what are you doing? And if they're hot, I go, I'm jealous. I'm like, where'd you get those abs? But I, <laughs> no. I, I never. I, but it has no place on that. I'm joking. But no, okay, okay, so Jess, Different LinkedIn. Site. Tell me, tell me what's with LinkedIn. All right, LinkedIn. Um, I, very similar to what you guys are saying, right? That assumption that I need something that you're selling to me. You're in my DMs, and it just kind of gets into that creepy message. Maybe that kind of goes to that businessmen mindset you were talking about a little bit earlier. But um, like yeah, those creepy messages. Don't assume. Don't be spammy like all that kind of stuff but i'm also maybe i'm just weird i prefer messaging through emails messaging on linkedin and things like that i get very lot like it's just like gets built up and i on my emails i can have nice little folders and put you over here where email <laughs> like linkedin messages i'm horrible with linkedin messages, especially if they do um like voice recording because i don't always have time to like listen to like a voice recording so um yeah, so that's my little like pet peeves. <laughs> the, the voice recording thing drives me crazy. I have a friend who sends Oof. me voice recording on uh on Facebook, and I go, dude, I'm watching Jeopardy with my wife. I'm not gonna listen to this recording. <laughs> I said, don't send me. I tell people, I say, do not send me that, and don't send me stupid YouTube links of other comics. I don't care. Or they'll just send you shit. And you're like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, don't. I don't need this, and I don't want to. I my phone is always on like mute i never put the i don't even know what my ringtone sounds like i'm gonna be honest I, it's always because i i'm like i don't because i'm recording or i'm doing this i'm like there's nothing worse than when you're sitting there and then someone's phone goes off like you're at a networking event it's like put it on mute you know it, it's not that hard anyway mm -hmm. i'm bitching a lot today i don't know why <laughs> Relieve the stress you're relieving stress <laughs> uh, yeah exactly well here's the final question and i always like to ask this uh because i always value people's answers um you meet someone, they could be getting out of trade school, they could be getting out of college, they could be getting out, they could be getting out of high school, they could be starting a new career. As my mom would say, they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. They wanna get out there and make shit happen, okay? They come to you, sort of as like you're their mentor, we can say, what advice do you give them to have a good career? What do they do? Because navigating the waters, you've all done it well, is very hard. And we'll start with you, Liz. Someone comes up and they go, how do I make this? What do I do, Liz? Um, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What do you tell them? I mean, starting out at 22 in fashion, there are a lot of women I have to thank along the way that really took the time, um, you know? And so I think the best thing I learned over the years and advice I always give is work smart, not hard. And also, what is the long-term benefit versus the short-term, right? It's better to be authentic and hardworking and genuine. And the long-term is potential additional business, a friendship versus just get checking it off the list. Checking it off the list does not make your clients feel good. Okay. How about you, Kim? Um, I would probably say, um, if, if it's somebody like coming out of college, I would say, um, you know, protect your reputation, be professional, mm -hmm. um, really value relationships and don't give into gossip or doing things that could come back and kind of mm -hmm. hurt you in the, in the future and, um, use your twenties to try everything, you know, travel, meet people, yeah. like just make all the mistakes because trust you you do not have to have your life figured out by 30 at all. And then 30, you kind of like really start to come into yourself and figuring out what you want and what you're good at. And 
and all those, you know, things and getting better and better. And then like forties are like for, you know, just flying high and, 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 you know, really being confident that all of those things that you've done up until that point have created, you know, amazing friendships and opportunities for you. Um, you know, I, I think that too many people, they come out and they're so worried about getting on this career path or this track. And it's like, no, like get a job, get a job that has health benefits, get a job that pays you decently, live poorly till you're 35. Don't fall victim to the flashy car, the flashy bag, the flashy this, and just like live for conversation and people and experiences. And, um, yeah, you're going to have a pretty awesome life if you do, if you do those things. Okay. How about, how about you, Jess? There's this country song that I kind of always lived by. It's called, you're going to miss this. And it's basically him like saying, you know, you're going to miss the crazy. You're going to miss your kids growing up. You're going to miss the the mess, all that stuff. And so, you know, at that age of, like you said, at 23, 24 years old, coming out of college is that kind of to what you ladies were saying too, is that just be in the mess, enjoy everything, enjoy every tiny baby step and like process the hurt, process the pain. But like when there's a good moment, be in that good moment. Cause I think kind of what you guys were saying too, is that we get so goal focused. I know you mentioned this earlier, like that goal focus, like I have to get to the next promotion. I have to get to this next screen. I have to, and it's just like, it's great to have goals, but if you're not in here today where you're Mm -hmm. at, it doesn't matter. When you get that nice fancy car, when you get financially stable, it doesn't matter because you haven't just been with you and experienced you and loved you. So just be here where you're at today. Like if you're eating ramen noodles, great. Cause there's some nights I wish I could just have ramen noodles and not judge myself. Okay. So just enjoy those nights. Enjoy those nights of having like multiple roommates. Enjoy the nights of, you know, endlessly sleeping in. I mean, my God, right. Just be (laughs) just be there and be okay with where you're at because that's not a forever stage. It's just a now stage. Okay. And don't eat ramen noodles with the packaging because it's a lot of sodium and it's not good for you. There's so much sodium. I'm just saying it's like PF Chang's soup. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, it's it's, it's disgusting. It's like you you eat that and your feet swell. I swear to God. I mean, it's awful. But anyway, you guys have been great. Uh, You women have been great. You people have been great. I always say guys. I don't mean them. But anyway, so Liz, how can people get in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook, um, Liz Arking. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on the Weikert website. I'm a Haddonfield representative, but I work in all three counties. Uh, Pretty much if you Google Liz Arking, I'm pretty easy to find. (laughs) Okay. And how about you, Kim? Uh, I am uh, predominantly on LinkedIn, just Kim Braylon um, is my profile and um, KimBraylonCoaching.com. And Jess? Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So Jessica Hallahan, if, even if you do Jessica Harrington, you have to put the MPH because there's more of me out there, but it's MPH is my master's in public health. But if LinkedIn is not your jam, if you go to journeytoyourself.net, it has every form of contact for me, even my personal email. So all of the goods are there. So people, uh, reach out to them if you need any of your services. Uh, you can you can get in touch with me. Uh, the coop tank at yahoo.com is my email. If you want to advertise on the show, hit me up because you know the people who are on my show are shakers and movers in the business world, and the people who, a lot of people who watch the show are also successful business people. So that's a great way to get your brand out there. Also, uh, you can check out uh, YouTube, look at past episodes, Google uh, search the Coop Tank and you can rate it and say it's great. And we've had some excellent guests. Go to my other website, coopertalk.net. You can find over 995 celebrity interviews. 
episode of thousands coming up and i have a big star on the line i'm hoping i'm hoping i can secure this guy he's a huge name in the music industry also uh march 30th at studio 76 in metford studio 67 one of the two i don't know uh laughs and lyrics i'll be doing 15 minutes of stand-up and then from london guitarist nigel bennett who was in a big 80s band the members he'll be doing a 35 minute electric acoustic set and then i'll be interviewing him and we'll be talking about the 80s for the last 25 minutes so contact me for that tickets are twenty dollars it's byob i also want to thank joe ganjami joe ganjami and rich desisto from sweet recording for doing a great job check these guys out i get the show produced by joe because he kicks ass anyway i'm steve cooper you all have a great weekend